you show me one successful person, I show you the same man that failed 15 times to get there. Mm -hmm. You have your plenty of failures, yeah, you know, I sure do. and those failures stacked mm -hmm. for you to get to where you're at today. Then yep. any successful person, I don't care who they are, you, t you tell me, you show me a successful person, I show you somebody who failed 15 times. Yeah. What's happening, friends? Welcome to The Empire Show. My name is Bedros Koulian, and this is an inside look. And today we're looking inside of a business that's very unique because it's got several different components to it. And the character behind it is a very unique character as well. He's uh, not only a coaching client of mine, but he's also a friend. His name is Nick Kumalatsos. Nick, welcome to the show. Thank you, B. Thank you very much. Happy to be here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thanks for being here. And uh, so we just got done doing your half-day coaching yep. session upstairs. And uh, as I've gotten to know you now, almost a year of working with you, you're, you're, you're a pretty colorful character. And you come from a pretty colorful background in terms of what you did before being an entrepreneur. Right. And then even before that, you come from a pretty colorful ethnicity, heritage, mm -hmm. right? And so let's kind of do a deep dive into uh, kind of who you are and uh, where you started. We'll, of course, unpack your business because this is the Empire Show and that's right. where we talk about business and how it's doing and how you got into it. But even before you became an entrepreneur, you at some point decided that you're going to go and join the Marine Corps. Yeah, so I did 12 years in the Marine Corps. So first off, thank you for your service. Um, what led you into the Marine Corps? So go back even further. When you said colorful background, I was like, oh man, I didn't even know if he knew that. So I was, uh, by the time I was 13 years old, I had two felonies on my record. Good Lord, man. Yeah. I, I did not know that. Yeah, that is so a colorful background. Why don't we talk about that in your <laughs> I don't know how that never came up. Yeah. Um, what did you do, man? Uh, so, you know, looking at it now, I'm like, human beings are tribal. We're tribal creatures, right? Yeah. I, I didn't grow up with a dad. Um, active in my life. And so I think at that age group, I was really, I hit puberty young and I was, I had my brother and being raised by uh, my mom working like two jobs, trying to hold it down. I was really looking for a tribe. I was looking for that, that belonging. Yeah. And uh, unfortunately for me, there was a group of individuals um, that called themselves something and they, th that was a tribe. Yeah. They, they thought them as tribe. So I got involved with them and then that led to two felonies later which was like burglary, burglary of some vehicles. Uh, wow. And then I was on probation, then had a, got caught with a weapon on school property, which led to another felony. And huh. yeah, so some a little bit of juvie action. And, okay. and that quickly um, made me realize that uh, that was not the life that I wanted for myself. Okay, so was that a self-realization or was that a kind of a judge or... Uh, no, 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 know, it was a self-realization self, self -realization because uh, the, one of the, I think the third time that I got picked up by the cops, I was in the seventh grade, sixth, seventh, seventh, yeah, I think seventh grade, and, um, and juvie was full, so they had to in-process me in the county jail where all the grown men were. Mm. And I just, I just had another podcast where I talked about this and, and uh, that was a real sharp eye-opening thing that like this is not what i want for my right. life at 13 years old so you might have had a maybe like a little flash forward into if yeah. i keep doing this well, as I'm an looking adult at, i'll I'm be looking here at, I'll yeah, be one i'm of looking them. at yeah i'm looking at all the the grown men in county and i didn't stay there you know they yeah. processed me there but yeah. i got a look at what that looked like because in the ju in juvia i'm a hard right i'm a hard 
Yeah. 140, 35 pounds. I'll mess you away. up, man. Yeah. 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 Right. Over here, it's like, I don't want to get rich. No, yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm, I'm good. Uh, so anyways, I straighten my life up and then I get into working really hard. Um, actually, we just talked about this. I, I finished the 10th grade yeah. and was working uh, a couple different jobs over the summer, making a stupid amount of money for a 16-year-old. And when it came time to go back to school for um, my 11th grade year, I was like going to take like a $4,000 pay cut. And I was like, there's no way I can do yeah. this. You're like I'm living I'm in Panama City Beach. I'm living the life. I got my own car, my yeah. own place. And I was like, I got to go back to school and just give up all this. And uh, it just didn't make sense. So I dropped out, of, basically dropped out of school, went and got my GED. Huh. At 10th grade, you got your GED? That summer. That's going, yeah. that going in. Going yeah. until 11th. Yeah. And um, so doing that for a little bit, like working the job, I was, I was working as a... Uh, as an audiovisual tech guy for conference centers. So anytime you go speak, you know, that guy that hooks up the microphone yeah. and the lights, that was, that was me okay. at like, you know, 15, making $15 an hour. Yeah. That's substantial. Back yeah. in the nineties. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. So I was, I, I was making good money and that was from six in the morning until two. And then from two thirty to 10 at night, I was a bellman there at the Bay Point Marriott. So if you guys know Panama city beach, the Bay Point Marriott, very nice place. Um, so I was getting just hundred dollar tips. Oh, like wow. all night long. You're like a young baller. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Don't have anything to show for it. I don't know where any of that money went. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. But, you know, it was incoming, so it was also outgoing. But um, nonetheless, I remember looking at my life and hitting a panic moment when I realized that the next 20 years of my life could be this. This wow. is, this could be it. Yeah. I'm making money. I have a place. I have a car. This could be my How old were you at that point? Were you 18 16, yet? 17. Okay. So that's a pretty young age to start having self-realization. Yeah. Right? I, I kind of like panicked because okay. I was like, this could be it forever. Yeah. And and I wasn't there was no way I was satisfied that. Before grow before you know landing in there, we grew up. My mom moved every six months. I, I made the joke that I think she was running from the law. It was like a new school and a new house every six months. So I was kind of used to that a little bit. Um, it was nice to be stationary for a few years. Uh, but I, I did hit that panic moment where I was like, holy shit, this could be my life for the next couple decades. Mm. And that's when I hit the, the nuclear option on my life and decided to join the Marine Corps. What did that nuclear option look like? Oh, I mean, why I mean, the Marine Corps? Why I, not real estate? Why not? Uh, because of lack of education, because of like, I didn't know, I knew school was not for me. Yeah. Okay. Um, you know, I was a C, I was a D push and C student. You know what I mean? So guys, let me, let me just tell you something. Just like right before the cameras rolled, I'm like, I'm like, bro, I hated school. He's like, yeah, man, me too. And then I'm like, do you remember foil first, inner, outer, last? And he's like, I don't even remember that. I'm like, all I remember about foil, about algebra, was that. I don't even know what the fuck it means. <laughs> so I, I, I can respect the whole idea of like school wasn't for me um, thing. But, but how do you find the Marine Corps? Like, was there someone that encouraged you? Like, so my grandfather was, my grandfather was uh, in the Army. He retired yeah. Army. He did two, two times in Vietnam, a tour in Korea. Ended up retiring out of the Army as a sergeant first class. He was a paratrooper. Um, and uh, so I always kind of knew about the military was an option. Yeah. Um, when I went and looked at the branches, I was like, what's the hardest freaking thing that I can get into? You know, at the entry level, right? Like if you're looking at the entry level, what's the hardest thing that I can do? Yeah. At the time in the 90s, the Marines were like fighting dragons on their commercials with yeah, swords Yeah, I remember shit. that. Remember? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I was like, that's, 
I'm gonna go. I could fight a dragon. I'm gonna fight <laughs> yeah. a dragon with a sword. Yeah. That sounds like me. Yeah. Um, so I ended up ended up going to the Marine Corps because it just looked the hardest. And uh, so that's what I. So anyways, I walked in there and I said, I'm gonna. I'm going to be a Marine. Yeah, yeah. And they're like, sweet, sit down. They ran some numbers, and they're like, you can't join the Marine Corps. You're a two-time convicted felon. Oh, shoot. With a GED. They're like, get out of here, kid. And I was like, excuse me? The worst thing they ever could have told me was no. Now that became my mission. And when I mean nuclear, I literally got rid of my place on the beach. I think I got rid of my car and started driving one of my mom's like, like cars. or I, I borrowed a car that I didn't even own. Yeah. Um, uh, gave up those high-paying jobs, went uh, went to work part-time at nights at a movie theater, went to college because I could go get my uh, certain amount of credit hours and it would neglect my GED. Gotcha. You know what I'm saying? Which when would, then would give you the opportunity to go in. Right. When there was a lot of other things. I had to get waivers for my felonies. I had to, you know, I, it was a bunch of, I had to score a certain uh, score on the ASVAB because I had a GED. So it took me almost two years to get in. So that's when I, when I mean I hit the nuclear option in my life. I yeah. moved in with, I got rid of the place, moved in with my grandmother, and just, that just became my, wow. you told me no, now that became my soul focused. Going to be broke and live with grandma so that I could join the Marine Corps. Let, let's, let's, let's unpack that for a moment but without going further into the Marine Corps because I'm going to come back to that. Okay. What is it about a person, like how old are you now, 30? 39, almost 40. 39, almost yeah. 40, right? So, so looking back and having, you know, as you got a business, you got all these employees, looking back, what is it about a person who can hear no and then go, I'll show you and lock on versus the other person who hears a no and accepts it as for what it is and just goes and does something else that's not necessarily aligned to with what You know, it's, it, now that I'm older, looking at it, uh, it's, it's very clear that there's, all, there's always been this entrepreneur mindset of, and problem-solving aspect of figuring it out. You know, and, and, and a little bit of this like rebellious, it's what got me in trouble yeah, in the first place. Sure. There's this rebellious spirit in me that's always gone against the grain. Like a, like a chip on your shoulder kind of deal? No, not a, not a chip on my shoulder, but just like, I want to move the needle forward and I'm gonna be in charge of moving the needle forward. Got it. And just because you tell me that I can't move the needle forward doesn't mean that I can't. Okay. And and there's always been this like, and 2020 was a rough year for me, um, maybe legally, uh, because of that too, because I just didn't buy into the BS. Right. So I immediately like close your business. No. Yeah. That's actually how we ended up connecting. Right. Yeah. Exactly. I, want, I wanted to interview you for the podcast. Actually, right. Previous, I don't know what number episode it is, but yeah. go back and listen about a year ago, folks. Yeah. So yeah. I. So you know that kind of triggers that like rebellious spirit in me, but that rebellious spirit is actually what gave, has given me a lot of opportunity in business as well, because I can, I believe that I can figure problems out. Okay. I can solve problems. So they, them telling me no, I was like, well, that's not, no is not an option. This is what I want to do. I'm going to, this is what I want. So I'm going to go take it and I'm going to figure it out. And so you kind of, did you ask them like, hey, so what do I need to do? Or did you just figure out that if I take college credits? No, no, no. I started, I started, I started unpacking that. No. Well, why? Okay. You know, well, why this? Well, why this? Well, what does this need? Well, what does this need? And they just, you know, I would do something and then they would deny me and then I would do the next thing. And it was just, I would just step up until I got to the point that they just said, you checked off all the boxes. You checked off all the boxes. Yeah. I mean, I had a hundred letters of recommendation. I, you know, I've got, I went to maps like three or four times. I took like, how many, wh- what more do you want me to do to show that 
this is what I want, and I'm and I'm an asset to you. Yeah, huh? That's fascinating. Yeah. All right, so again, looking back, is that trait factory installed, or can someone develop that? Oof. I think it is. It, I think that a good portion of it is is installed. So for you, a good portion was factory installed. Yes. Now, now can that be fine tuned? Yes. So I think for me, it was factory installed, but there was a lot of there's almost some negatives to that as well that I've had to kind of overcome. You know what I mean? Had to find had to fine tune my engine. Sure. Um, which is one of the reasons why you know I'm here to continue to fine tune that engine because you can be a rebellious person and completely be a complete screw up. Yeah. You know what I yeah. mean? And rebel to the point that it's a, it's a negative. Um, hearing no and pushing against the grain is not always a good thing. And I've learned this in my and I've learned this in my adult life is like, well, you can't do that. Well, I'll show you. Well, maybe the person telling you no is looking out for you. Sure. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like and then you just totally went on a wrong direction with your business. It's like we we're talking about like chasing the shiny object. Yeah. Well, no, you can't do that. Well, I'll show you and I'll figure it out. Well, yeah, I, could, I figured it out. But was it lucrative? Was it profitable? Did it move me in the direction that I need that I truly wanted to be in? Or did I just go there because this asshole told me no? Makes sense. And so you said, again, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but you said, for the most part, it's factory installed. So mm -hmm. if someone's watching this episode or listening to this episode and going like, damn, man, like I don't have any family history of entrepreneurs. I, Neither do I. Oh, true. Yeah. True enough. Uh, I certainly haven't been like kind of pushed against the grain, but I think I, I, I'm inspired by this. I want to be able to, to fight against no from now on. Are there steps to develop that skill set? I, th I absolutely think so. What, what would they be? Uh, I mean, the, the first thing is, is believing that you can do it. I love the elephant and the stick thing. Mm. I love the elephant and tell the that, stick. Tell that story. So the elephant and the stick, and, I, and I, I tell this to every single one of our coaching people that might come, that we're interviewed to come on board with us, um, because one of the pillars is belief. So you have this baby elephant, and you know they tie a rope around its neck, and they put a stick in the ground. And over a period of time, the elephant grows up. And what do they do? They tie a rope around it. They put the they put the stick into the ground, and this elephant just stays there, right? Yeah. So, with us in general as human beings, and and predominantly men, we are typically these massive, powerful creatures being held down by a myth, this thing that doesn't mm -hmm. exist. And what I tell people is that stick, that rope, that stick is your trauma, it's your past, it's your haters, it's the people telling you you can't. Everything is embodied in that stick in the ground is all things that don't exist. Mm. It's all something in the past. It's all something that something happened to you. And all you had to do, if, if you chose to, was just walk away and this massive creature could, could trample the, the entire circus, right? Yeah. The entire that carnival. one little stick that held it down, held down the rope when it was tying the little elephant. Yeah. He still believes that that one he little still stick. Believes. So he sees the stick yep. and he stays put. Yep. And we do that as well. And we do that as well. And I think, and we do that in all his life. And I think that if, if you can get yourself talking about moving the needle and, yeah. and inspiring and saying, you know, rebelling against no and, 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 and solving the problem, I think that you first have to say, I'm going to do it. Just make the, make the, like we talked about upstairs, was the, the ex, execution is everything. Yep. So just, if you're, that power, if, if you're the powerful elephant, just back up. Watch the stick come out of the ground and be like, oh, shit. Change your beliefs. Yeah. So once belief system is developed, is there another step in 
being able to maybe doing the system doing just doing 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 and and this goes back to like the very first business i ever started in 2013 complete failure so i mean i i, I call it a complete failure but what that failure did was land me where i'm at today because by doing even though i was on this i was on this track where i thought i was supposed to go or i wanted to go by doing and when that when that ended or that led me to a fork in the road. It didn't even lead me to a fork. It just led me to another path. And I, you know, I tell people all the time, well, I don't know what to do. I'm like, well, just start doing something. If, you, if you're always moving forward, if you're always moving forward and you're always doing, you're going to get to the next thing. And you might fail. I thought I said, oh, you, might, you show me one successful person. I show you the same man that failed 15 times to get there. Mm -hmm. You have your plenty of failures, yeah, you know, I sure do. and those failures stacked mm -hmm. for you to get to where you're at today. Then yep. any successful person, I don't care who they are, you, t you tell me, you show me a successful person, I show you somebody who failed 15 times. Yeah, yeah. And, and I think each of those failures, by the way, end up, end up being not only lessons, but also end up kind of fortifying your resolve. Like each time you fail and then you get back up you again. You get tougher. Yeah, you get tougher. Yeah. It's almost like yeah. scar tissue, mm -hmm. right? It's like scar tissue. And I think Napoleon Hill calls it, he goes, if we can just look at failure as a temporary uh, defeat. And I, once I started looking at failure as a temporary defeat, oh, it's temporary, which means I might have to sulk a little bit. I might have to uh, just whine a bit, and but I'm gonna have to get up and keep going because there's no other. It's gonna option. hurt. It's gonna hurt. It's gonna hurt. It's That's gonna hurt. Right. Yeah, I'm gonna yeah. complain. Yeah, but then I'm gonna get up and do it because so I want an outcome. My military, my veterans, my military people, my law enforcement guys, the, our first responders, they're they're taught and bred that failure is final. So we're so deathly afraid of failure. Mm. Failure means it's over. Yeah, and that is a concept that we have to relearn. That failure is not final. It's just a lesson. Yeah, because in that line of work, failure can be could be fatal. Could be fatal. Right? Yes. Yes. And so, oh, but that it's it's so ingrained. The conditioning is is the so it's so conditioning that they're almost afraid to try something mm -hmm. because there is no failure. Yeah. You know, there's no, even below like a ninety percent average is like yeah. if it ain't a hundred, you're not you're not winning. Yeah. You know, so that's mm -hmm. something that you have to retune, especially in like high high level performers. They all are so deathly afraid to fail that they almost don't try. Gotcha. So a dude who <laughs> two felonies by 10th grade mm -hmm. and then drops out of high school and it's kind of, you know, making good money, having two jobs pre 18 years old. Clearly there was some kind of entrepreneurial spirit there. And there was certainly the spirit of like rebelling against the system. You go and you're like, I'm going to be a Marine. I'm going to join the system. Yeah, I'm going to join a system. <laughs> that, that's, that's pretty structured. <laughs> I would right? say, yeah, yeah. Out of all the military yeah. branches, yeah. I would say the Marine Corps is probably the most structured yeah. one. But the commercial was cool. Like, you yeah. see these Marines fighting a dragon with a sword. Yeah. like, doggone it, yeah. I'm going to do that. Yeah. And so you, you, you get in there. You get in. Uh, but you didn't just kind of stay. Again, you weren't one of many. No. You kind of began to elevate up in the Yeah, I, I realized what, what that happened. It, well, what happened was, um, well, the first thing that happened, and you'll get a kick out of this talking about failure. So it took me two years to get in. By day seven, I break my wrist, and I get dropped to a medical platoon. Sheesh. All the seven days in, I'm out. After two years of effort. Yeah, so I yeah. heal up. I heal up, um, got <clears> smarter. <throat> learned the system, uh, ended up graduating number one in the company, um, merely because I had a leg up because I was there so long. And I was like, well, I'm going to figure this out. 
So I make a choice, right? I yeah. can complain, cry about my situation, or use it as an advantage yeah. to level up, which I did. Anyways, I got into the Marine Corps, got into the fleet, um, ended up getting put as a uh, administrative Marine, like paperwork guy. Mm. Horrible decision. That's not quite why you joined. Not quite why I joined. Not only that, not where my personality was going to thrive. Right. Uh, immediately got in trouble. Do they test you guys to see if you would even thrive? So, because like just yes. knowing you for a year, I know you wouldn't work. Like, <laughs> yeah, thriving. yeah, yes. But because of my unique situation and me getting hurt and the way the military works right. with both okay. spaces and everything, they had to reclassify yeah. Yeah. me. Like with I, your wrist, this is what you're capable of doing. Well, it right was now. more timing. It was like what okay. what jobs are opening and what fields. Okay. So they just said, I remember getting the, the master. I was like, I'm going to give you the best job in the Marine Corps. And I was like, I serve two bags full, sir. I, I didn't even know. You know, yeah. you're 18 years old. You have no clue yeah. what's going on. Clearly, he was fucking with you when he said that. 100%. Oh, okay. Because yeah. <laughs> I'm like, it doesn't sound so yeah. awesome, bro. No, no. He, okay. was, he was completely fucking with me yeah, and, yeah. and probably laughing. He's probably laughing now, currently. Yeah, yeah. But anyways, yeah, yeah. so I show up and I immediately get in trouble because um, of my mouth. And... Uh, and anyway, I started shredding paper for three weeks when I first got to the fleet. Luckily for me, there were some good leaders that were involved, saw that Nick didn't belong there yeah. and invested in me. And then I ended up taking selection for, uh, at the time, Force Reconnaissance, and then, uh, which led to my time within Force Recon and then uh, eventually Marine Special Operations. Got it. Yeah. So for those of us who don't know the difference between Force Recon and Marine Special Operations, can you enlighten us? Because yeah, most people think Marine Corps, all the same. There's a great video on, on YouTube that's 30 minutes long that goes huh. Marine Recon versus got like 3 million views. <laughs> you know, I think I've actually seen it. The <laughs> yeah. guy looks oddly familiar to you. Yeah. Um, so the difference is uh, a Force Reconnaissance is a special operations capable unit that provides um, a certain asset to the Marine Corps. So if you look at the Marine Corps, the Marine Corps, you know, reconnaissance, the asset, does special operations for the Marine Corps as a conventional force internally. It's a very broad stroke, yeah, yeah. you know, uh, look at it. And then, you know, then once you get into the Marine Special Operations Command, that is actually what falls under special operations uh, command, mm -hmm. much like the Green Berets, the Navy SEALs, the AFSOC, certain AFSOC units, things like that. Yeah. Got you. Yeah. And, and so as, as, as you're, as you're ex going through this experience, and obviously it was during the height of our war. Yep. Right? Yeah, it started from 2000 to 2012. Yeah. Okay, 2000 to 2012. So September. All, basically all of it. Okay. Yeah. yeah. The fun years. Yeah. Yeah. So when 9-11 happens, and you're like a pretty much a brand new Marine. Brand new. Yeah. What's happening through your mind? What's going through your head? Um, Honestly, we didn't know so much then. I knew that it was serious. Uh, they immediately put us on um, like guard yeah. duty. Like they, I was on a on an air base. Everything started shutting down. Families couldn't get in or off the base. It was you know chaotic. But that was a turning point um, for my generation's time in the military. That fundamentally changed. I feel like changed who we were as a as a generation. Um, much, much like I think that the the bombing of Pearl Harbor changed that generation yeah. for men, because um, mm -hmm. I, I think that never happened. What my life would have been like, I would have been a different person, yeah. you know, because of the experiences that I experienced when that happened in the direction that my career went in the military. Um, I don't know that it would have if that did not happen. Hmm. So all the tragedy, the loss, the the um, some of the failures, the things that you know that 
came on my shoulders, you know, both personally and uh, due to operations, um, would never have happened if that event didn't happen. That's that's crazy, man. Yeah. So it's a, it's a something that my generation. I wrote a great. Uh, we did a great video and a, and a blog about that. But basically, the generation changed forever. Is kind of a nine 9/11 memorial about the men who served, particularly during that time, yeah. and kind of how it, you know, our perception of it and how it changed um, us on a on a pretty large scale. Gotcha. Yeah. In terms of. Uh, if you don't mind me asking, can I ask yeah. some about some of your missions? Absolutely. In, in terms of missions, are there any standout missions that just kind of like, whoa, I remember that one, and that was a close call, or a, a mission that maybe provided a big learning experience that you carried, or just any kind of missions that, yeah, that would benefit and, our yeah, viewers and listeners? Yeah, absolutely. So there's a, uh, so in, in Iraq, um, you know, so I was on a force recon platoon. So we had just got done doing a much more, if you can imagine, like the action action figure hero type stuff, like the uh, kicking in doors and doing raids and all this cool stuff, right? Yeah. So we went into, so that's what we our entire platoon did. Um, and then we went into Iraq thinking that we were gonna do the same thing. And initially we did, you know, like, you know, blowing in doors and going to get the bad guys and yeah. going to kill bad guys and that sort of thing. And so we did that and either, it was bad intel or we did it and then it just didn't change anything. You kill a guy and it just, there was no effect in the area. It didn't make a difference. Mm. You kill one bad guy, there's like five more that pop up. Like it just How didn't. long did it take for the command or the powers to be to oh, figure that out? Oh, they still haven't figured it out. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, on a grand scheme of things they have, but the, there's still individuals that always think that, you know, going to smash Right. is always a good idea. Yeah. Sometimes you need a scalpel. You don't always need to be the hammer. Touché. So on that, on that, on that, um, that deployment, we shifted from. So you know, a couple months in, we're like, this is just stupid. Like we're not, you know, we're going to get somebody hurt. You know, which we're in that during that time in Iraq, every, it was, we we lost people in that. It was a very very rough deployment. Um, our company lost a lot of people. Our platoon lost some people. A lot of people got hurt, but got hurt and then we, we realized that somebody's gonna get hurt or dead for really no reason. Like we're just not making an effect. So we went from doing the tough guy, hardcore, kicking in doors and, and shooting bad guys in the face to a much more traditional uh, reconnaissance mission. Watching, listening, mm. manipulating the battle space, you know, and really working with, lo talking to locals, you know, a much more special operations kind of reconnaissance yeah. aspect. So look, you know, take, you know, getting in a place and then watching that place for say 24 hours and then through night moving to another place and then kind of being in the ville, but not being so, uh, with the word that we use, kinetic. And much more... Covert, less overt? Yes, right? much, okay. more co much, much more covert and much more strategic on the way that we, and um, during that time, we went from like, 30 IEDs uh, a week getting blown up to zero. How did that happen? Because you guys got the intel? We were there, we were watching anything that happened, anybody moved, we just got them. And then people started to tell on other people. Well, that's interesting. Because we were in there, we were talking with them, you know, if something got broken, we were like, I was throwing, you know, glass got broken in a house because it got shot up yeah. because we were there. Yeah. Here's, here's some money, go fix your windows. 
you know, talking to the people and just really getting into the Ville. And, th and it got to the point to where the uh, the insurgents at the time that were coming from from other, you know, now it's you know publicly known they were coming in from other countries um, and fighting that war. They were on like the the mosque, you know, intercom saying, "We know that you're harboring Americans. You know, give them up. It's your duty to give them up." The, oh, wow. you, you know, yes, you know, and we just heard it. They were talking about it. So instead of the, the like, I'm just going to go kick in doors. Um, I'm going to go stay on the base. I'm going to take a helicopter and go in there and just kick in doors and, and, and shoot bad guys. We just kind of lived in that environment more. And our teams would rotate and we just live in that environment. And that, I learned a lot there, not just in special operations, because when I made the switch to special operations, I was like, oh, I get this. This is like what we just did. It's much more scalpel, not so much hammer. Mm. Sometimes there's a need for a hammer. When you have all the data, then it's time for the hammer. Um, your boy Ray looks like a hammer. Ray could definitely be a hammer. Yeah, yeah. Ray could <laughs> um, definitely. He knows how. And to we all can't. We all can yeah. be. But sometimes, yeah. sometimes you gotta you gotta be a scalpel. And and and, and you know, in my world, because I've, I've never been in your world, I have so much respect for what you guys do. Uh, but in my world and the world that you're in now. That is a very direct translation. That's what, yeah, in that if yep. you're, if I'm going to create a business, I'm like, oh, I know what I want to do. I want to say I want to create a supplement line, or I want to create an apparel line, and let's say it's apparel, and I'm like, oh my God, Randall Pitch, Lift Fit. I'm gonna, well, if I just go and deploy with whatever, let's say I have five thousand dollars in my bank account, and just go blow my wad on that, and hope that it works, that's the hammer approach versus. Let me just see what Randall's doing. Let me get on his email list. Let me see how he markets. Let me find out where he makes the shirts. Let me see exactly what colors, what logos, what designs. And as you kind of quietly gather data. Intel. Intel. Yeah. Right? Yeah, I mean, it's a direct translation. In our sales world, it's data, it's Intel. If you're going about to kill a bad guy who's, not, who's going to set IEDs up, now I can take that $5,000 and use it in a more efficient, effective way. Much more strategical. Yes. Yeah. Yes, that's that's such a great lesson that transfers over. So when I so when I got out of the military, that was one of the biggest lessons that I took operationally. Yeah. was that exact lesson, yeah. like being very strategic and you know, granted, still failed a bunch, but still took that lesson. Is like, how can I be the scalpel? Mm. How can I do this and no one see me coming? Brilliant, brilliant. So now as twenty twelve comes about and you're getting ready to leave the Marine Corps. Mm -hmm. Do you have any of these anxieties and fears like, holy crap, what am I gonna do? Or did you have an idea of what you wanted to do when you got out? <laughs> I mean, I, no, I just wanted out. Uh, what you want, you just wanted out. I like, just wanted out. I'm done. Here's what I knew. Years. I knew that I was a very capable individual. So I knew that I could, I wanted to be in charge of my own success. Um, at the time where I was at in the Marine Corps, especially when, you know, that, that whole 12 years and what we had been doing, yeah. I was burnt out. I had not liked the person that I had become. I did not like the person that I was going to be, that I saw myself down the road. Who was the person that you had become that you didn't like? Just very uh, callous and dark. And is it just because what you had to do and what you'd seen? Yeah, I think that, sure. I think that, you know, that many deployments, you know, and just working with, you know, in that lifestyle for so long, you can, you can become very jaded to life. Got it. You know, and, and 
uh, and just very angry all the time sure. and not happy and, you know, and, and then things started to affect like relationships with kids. And I just, I took, I, you know, and a, a dear friend of mine was like, you know, you see this guy that's at this year, um, that the grumpy old guy that you, everybody talks about and laughs about. Well, I didn't, I didn't want to be, I didn't want to turn into the grumpy old guy. Got it. You know, I wanted to, I wanted more out of life and I wanted more say at the end of the day, you're in the military and uh, you're not in charge of your own success. You're just not. Right. I can't work harder and achieve more. Right. You know, and that's right. just not the way it works. Right. You know? Yeah. And at that point in my life, I was ready to, my return of investment, I wanted to be to my output and how smart I was and, you know, what I could do in life. And I was ready for that. And uh, so that's what I did. I decided I was like, I want to, I want to be in charge of my own life and my own success. So I made the exit. Okay. What year yeah. was that? 2012. 2012. Yeah, and I, and I, it wasn't that easy. Yeah. Like, I, it's not as easy as, as, as it just, you say it is. Peace. Yeah. And <laughs> it's I was not like, like oh, and then no, and then you're like, I'm out, and then I'm successful, boom. Right. No, 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 it's, it's not like that at all. Uh, and because of that generation, there's a whole, uh, there's a whole, we call, now I call it the seven, the seven stages of transition, which is what that book, what, what the book is about. Yeah. Um, and... I end up having to go. I end up having to go through that, you know, and that and that happens to anybody. Why did you write your? First of all, tell everyone the title of your book. Excommunicated Warrior. Uh, it's a very powerful title. It really says a lot. Excommunicated yeah. Warrior. Why did you choose that title? And then, why did you? Who did you write it for? So was it therapeutic writing it? Yes, it was. I didn't. I did, I thought that when I wrote it, I was so past all that stuff yeah. that I thought it wasn't going to affect me. Yeah. And it it, it super affected me mm. uh, when I was writing it because um, I had you had to relive each one of those stages that you go through. True. So yeah. the reason the, the reason that I wrote it was I started to see a trend uh, in people leaving the military, and it was like the seven. It was like the same things that happen over and over and over, and. Um, so I was like, this, there's gotta be, there's a pattern here. There's a total, there's a total pattern here. And, um, like we can, if, if there's a pattern there, then I can warn people yeah. and then I can give them an out. Sure. You know, I can give them a roadmap to success. Yeah. And, uh, so, so through helping people and then going around and speaking all over the United States, uh, about these subjects, I got started getting people that were outside the military go, oh, that's, I'm in the same boat, you know, like even mothers who were mothers for 20 years and their kids leave the house and there's like, and I started to realize like, oh, this mm. is not a veteran. This is not a military issue. This is a human being issue with having your identity attached to a job. Which is what we talked about up there, isn't yes. it? Yes. Yeah. So it's your, your, your identity is attached to this job and then you remove yourself from that job. You're like, well, wait a minute. If I'm not Nick the Raider, or if I'm not Nick the football player, or I'm not Nick the businessman, or you know, Nick the dad, then what am I? Mm. And the human, like we, the human beings, we, we go through this weird thing, yeah. and we, and sometimes we self sabotage. Yeah. Well, it's it's a loss. It's a loss, no different mm -hmm. than losing a human and going yeah. through those stages of grieving. So this is what it sums it up to. It sums it up to this: is that's a chapter in your life, right? whether it may be. So the, the people that buy this, law enforcement guys, firefighters, any sort of first responders, big in the sports. Yeah. Because for instance, one of the analogies in the book is you play little tykes football at five years old and then you're like, boom, 
football, 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 middle school, high school, college, boom, you get drafted to the NFL. And then at 21 years old or 23 years old, you blow out your knee, mm. done. 23 years old and you're done. Who are you? All I've known is football. Yeah. Now who am I? And I've had some multiple people that have, uh, um, multiple football guys that have reached out to me, uh, hockey players that just, young guys that that's their whole life and they, they come across my book and they're like, holy cow, this whole, this whole that, that was me, my, that was my story. Yeah. I just took your name out and put my name. You didn't know that story. you were writing to such a broad audience, I, I, did you? I, I did when I wrote the book. I didn't know when I was developing the concept and speaking to it, I didn't know. Gotcha. But when I wrote the book, I, I knew that it- Oh, because you, you were speaking first? I was speaking first. So okay. I was on these concepts and everything. Gotcha. I was speaking to these concepts and first. That led to the and book. that led to the book once I started talking yeah. to more people. Yeah. And uh, as so we were anyways. talking about moms, I was thinking empty nest syndrome, mm -hmm. right? Like that, yeah. that's, that's a very identity driven thing. Like, oh my God, my whole life, or at least my whole adult life that I remember has been nurturing these kids and, and getting them, them ready and getting them ready. Yeah. And then, well, they just left. And <laughs> I never and thought what happens that next and, day. And we know when kids leave, they're not like, oh, thanks. And this and yeah. that. No, they're like, poof. Poof, I'm mm -hmm. out, bye. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, it's so nuts how your message from your book translates across just all of humanity in that way. So you wrote the book in what year? Um, I think 15, like 16 maybe, 16 okay. published in 17. So 2012, you get, you get out of the Marine Corps, yeah. and then as you start kind of speaking and developing this concept going, oh my God, there's like this thing that mm -hmm. we're all experiencing yep. when we have this loss that's tied to our identity. And then you write the book, 2016, 17. And had you started, what was your, how was your source of income then at that point? Uh, anything that I could do, I threw as much shit at the wall that I could. Um, at one point, I think we had seven separate businesses running, me and my wife. Which sounds like a really cool thing to post on social media. Did Super you know, cool. Right? Like, Super cool to I'm sound. I'm a baller. Seven businesses. No, yeah. it's a fucking nightmare. <laughs> yeah, it's a shit show. Yeah. Yeah. But is that why? Is it because lack of focus or is there seven things you're just passionate about? No, it's just, I, so I started one, right? And with comes, with, with uh, infrastructure comes opportunity. Sure. Right. So, and a lot of people get stuck into this. A lot of people get stuck into, we just talked about the shiny thing, right? Mm -hmm. Like, oh, I have, I have this, I've got money, I've got infrastructure, which means I have opportunity to do pretty much whatever idea I come up with. Yep. So there was a lot of different little things that, you know, that would happen and be like, well, we, we've got the people, we've got the marketing, I've got the fulfillment, I've got everything that I need to just go and make it happen. Hmm. But what happens is, it divides your focus. Now you're having to manage all these different things. Yeah. Um, the one good thing that I, that I will say is during this time is all those opportunities is what gave me the opportunity to see what did work. So it goes back to us doing. I was just doing. B, I was just doing as much as I yeah. could do. Not, no sleep, just do, 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 do as much as I could. And of those seven things, did you realize that like, hey, some of these things I do and it fulfills me and makes me money and others drain me and kind of just, I don't yeah. even want to do? Yeah. And that's, and that's where I, I kind of like started to focus. Um, and, well, and, and certain things started to take off, right? The yeah. ones that became more successful and sure. the things that started to really work really well. Yeah. And I was like, oh, maybe I should just follow this, you know, the, yeah. the river that's just flowing very fast down this way. And so that's what, what happened. So as we, as we move forward um, and the, you know, the book was being launched and everything, like I, um, I started to travel those streams that were just really starting to flow. And then we started to shut things down.
Got so it. we either started to sell them off. We sold two businesses, um, shut a couple down, you know, kind of 80 20 rule right like yeah. uh, 20 percent of your businesses will really bring in 80 percent of the money when you think about yeah. it yeah and 20 percent of your workforce is will, making 80 percent uh, yeah yeah of, yeah of your company Pareto principle yeah and but 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 that kid who had a couple of felonies <laughs> barely eked through 10th grade and then dropped out and ultimately had to get like the ged good enough degree mm-hmm uh, he kind of has a high school education or a college education now, university education. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. How did that happen? So uh, when so I was on a show with Discovery Channel. Yeah. What was the show? It was uh, Trailblazers. Okay. What was and it about? It was about special operations guys going into these remote locations to do something. Yeah. We were hunting this, uh, not hunting. We were trying to find this black caiman alligator that had this special DNA. It's a discovery show, yeah. you know. It's, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. So, and then we had you know some there's other some other guy that was trying to get some rocks from a from a volcano, and then some I think bat poop from Papua New Guinea. It was yeah. all like a. Did make, you ever find the alligator? I'm curious. No, no, no. I cut my hand open right here, okay. and uh, on the show, super embarrassing, and uh, and then they fired me. <laughs> It's all out there. You can watch yeah, all of this. On, it's all out yeah. there. Um, but what that taught me was I had a love for, for production. Okay. I had a love for production, and that's what drove me to YouTube. Um, and then that's going to YouTube. My wife, um, Allie, was a full sale university grad, and I had the post-9-11 GI Bill. And I realized, I was like, holy crap, I can go to school online while running all these businesses. Mm -hmm. I can go to school online. And they and over the period of time, they will pay me sixty four thousand dollars to go to school, and they're going to give me a bunch of camera equipment. So I was like, okay, well, as if I'm not busy enough, why don't I just strap on school? Sure. So I did, and uh, graduated my bachelor's, and then I was like, oh, well, I've got money left in the in the bank account. We'll just go get my master's for business. Huh. And it, so uh, so I continued on, in three years, I got my bachelor's and then my my master's in uh, business entertainment. So. That was almost 20 years later. Um, yes. For, right? Yes. Was education, did it feel different? Did you it was easy. like it? Was it, it all was A's. easier? Easy. All A's. What changed from that dude to that dude? Um, focus. Hmm. Focus and desire. You wanted it this time. Yeah. 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 And it was like effortless almost. Now, granted, the time was there, right? Like I still had to put the time in right. to do it. Time and the effort. Time and the effort. That's a given. You we know? all have to right. put our time and effort in. Right. But that's, but it was really when I was doing projects, I would like, like this is so easy. Yeah. You know, some things were like pain. I was like, this is dumb. Yeah. I don't want to do this. So yeah. I had to drag my knuckles across the, the you know, the, the concrete to get it done. Um, but a lot of the stuff was just su super effortless. And uh, it was almost easy to get A's. Yeah. So that's why when I tell people, like, well, I'm not a good student. I'm like, well, you're young, yeah. and this is not for you right now. Yeah. It's not, it doesn't mean that you're not a good student or you're dumb or anything like that. And, and I really appreciate you sharing those, connecting those dots, because oftentimes we tend to, well, I sucked in school, and so therefore the rest of my life I'm not a good learner. That's not which true. is untrue. 100% untrue. All we end up doing is solidifying this you just put, false identity. You just put the, the hook around your, the rope yeah. around your neck and put the stake put in the, the ground. Put the stake in. Yeah. And so, well, if I'm not a good learner, I'm not going to learn to be an entrepreneur. I'm not going to be a learn right. to be a good husband, a good father, a good fill in the blank. So that back that back to that. It's that that rope and that stick represents everything from your past, what people have told you in the past. It's it's all 
baggage that's holding yeah. you into place. Baggage, head trash. Yeah, head trash. I head like trash. that. Yeah. I like head yeah, trash. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so uh, here we are now. You've written. You've written the book. You 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 you've spoken. You're like, oh shit! I just figured out which of my businesses I like. They give me joy. That give me fulfillment. Yeah can make me money. And then also the ones that are just a pain in the butt that I don't want to do. So as you kind of pare down some of the businesses, sell off a few of them, um, 2020 comes around mm -hmm. and being a gym owner. Yep. And of course me being a gym owner and a gym franchisor, um, you were pretty vocal about what was happening. Well, I wasn't until they raided well, me. Well, yeah, yeah. yeah, until you got raided. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. The, the raider got raided. Yeah. yeah, the irony there. And so, and you live in South Carolina? North Carolina. North Carolina, I apologize. Small little town. Mm -hmm. And so what, what happened that kind of changed things for you there in terms of your business? Um, well, when they, you know, we had multiple things happening going on right now. The gym was really just a, it was profitable. Yeah. It was doing well. Um, and when the whole COVID thing happened and the gym got raided, it was like, again, that rebellious spirit kicked in. I was like, well, why? What laws are we breaking? And I did shut down. So for the, like the viewer, like right. we did the whole two week shutdown yeah. and then I was in North Carolina. So like the governors, much like here, yeah. they were just kind of like, eh, no. And then, and then two weeks turned into four weeks, which turned into six weeks. And about the six week mark, I was like, okay, I'm done. I'm done. People like we live in a small town. There's no cases here. Nothing's happening. And uh, so I just made I looked at the CDC website. I said, OK, what is your guidelines? You know, yeah. you actually put out a really good right around that time. You put out yeah. your guidance for reopening our protocol, our your reopening protocol, protocol for. Re yeah. yeah. So we actually used a lot of that. Um, and then we reopened. No issues. Everybody was everybody was super like anybody that knows this is health. Health is wealth. Um, and it's not just physical, it's mental, it's spiritual. There's a lot that goes into mm -hmm. that. For the people that stay healthy, it, it means a lot to them. Yeah. And uh, so they were all super excited. About two weeks went in and man, all hell broke loose. All hell broke loose in the name of an executive order. And uh, I got real smart on it and I said, what laws are we breaking? They couldn't answer. So we're currently, so that whole process and the videos up on YouTube as well, you can see that and how, how, how Americans and, and people were taxpaying citizens were treated. Um, and uh, anyway, there's a federal lawsuit pending. Yeah. So. All right. So, so that aside, and that's how I kind of start, kind of got wind of you. And I was like, all yeah. right, this is, this is, this is great. And, and that's how the first. Yeah time you ended up on the empire show and we did it through zoom yeah and uh um, <laughs> everybody was right everything yeah. oh, fuck i've done more if i ever never do a zoom thing again i'm happy <laughs> um that's a whole different story but at that same time you're also you also had a couple other businesses yeah so tell, what were these businesses how did you run into so, them so so the i guess before that in 18 uh a young man uh by john rashai reached out to me about some some hair pomade, hair pomade and a, and, a, and a thing of beard oil. And he reached out to me, I think 17 times. And I just was like, yeah. I'm Did not. you miss his emails the first 16? No, I was through Instagram, yeah. Instagram, 17 yeah. times. And I was just like, yeah, sure kid, yeah, yeah whatever. Yeah. Um, finally, he, I think he found out where I was and he was like, hey man, I just dropped off some stuff. And, and then I just happened to be like, he, he had just left and I showed up and I'm like, Hey, I just got your stuff, man. I just, I'm just showed up to the office and he's, he's like, Oh, I'm like five minutes away. I'll turn around. He was like, Whoop. 
we went back and then we met and uh, you know asked him some questions that he had no answers for. Talked about infrastructure yeah, and like yeah. website and this. And he was like, I don't know what you're talking about. He's like, I carry this briefcase and I go around selling this stuff. So you're selling hair products and pomade through <laughs> a briefcase for, through a silver, I like love old that. school yeah. silver briefcase, That's like the, the yeah the uh, whatever that metal. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And um, so I'm like, all right, whatever. And, and we were shooting videos. What's really cool about shooting video so much is the first time that I ever opened the box and tried it is on camera. Okay. And on camera. And this is important later because you guys will realize why it's important. But the first time I ever opened Johnny Slicks was there. And um, so I used it for a couple of weeks and I, went to my, I looked at my wife and I said, this is a million dollar product. This kid's got a million dollar product. He, at the time, he's like 23, 24 yeah. years old. And what was his intention? Was he just trying to get you as a... Oh, I'm pretty sure he was just like... Influencer? One, yeah, just share it on yeah. social media or yeah. YouTube. Yeah. You know yeah, what yeah, I mean? Yeah, like, yeah. that just, that would make his... It probably would have made his day. Just yeah. that alone. Yeah. And uh, But I used it and I was like, no, this is this is some next level stuff. This is a million dollar product. And um, so I, I called him up and I said, hey, man, I, you know, I want to talk. Oh, I think I texted him and said, hey, when I get back... I want to talk about business and how you can how we can grow how you, how you can grow this thing. Yeah, and he goes he he texts me he said listen I don't mean to be forward but if we don't talk about it on the phone right now I'm not going to sleep for the next two weeks I'm not I can't wait till you get back two weeks yeah, kind of like how we rolled <laughs> yeah. yeah so we got on the phone I said well this is what I want to do I want to partner I want to do this and this and so we uh, I just. Within four weeks, we launched. We had a website. I told him how much to make. So he didn't even have a website or anything. I mean, it's literally out of that briefcase, um, the whole business. Nothing. Nothing. Did he whole, live in your neck of the woods? He was like 30 minutes up the road. Okay. Just happened to be 30 minutes. Yeah. It, was, it was fate. It was yeah, all yeah. fate. Huh. Anyway, so there's a great story on YouTube. The Johnny Slick story, if you Google it, it's yeah. amazing because he tells the whole story from his perspective. And it's, uh, it's, very, it's very funny, but, um, and, but very inspiring. He's also a Marine. Okay. Um, so he got out of the Marine Corps. And him, and his, uh, him and his wife, um, Rebecca, who's now our, our chief operating officer for our business, um, was selling plasma to buy stuff for the product plasma they blood were, plasma they were selling plasma to get like buy to like buy labels you know what that reminds me of so there's uh th there's this little parable i heard and say so there's a difference between being involved in something and then being committed to something yeah and then the example that was given was on a plate of ham and eggs the chicken was involved but the pig was committed, right? right? Yeah. And that, that's what you, that, that, what Johnny did there. That's, that's commitment, man. I'm going to give, sell blood plasma. Regularly. Regularly. Yeah. Me and my wife. Yeah. To fund this business. To fund this business. Yeah. 40 bucks a pop or something like that. Yeah. 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 Just yeah. to buy like, you know, a couple things here and there just that to get it out the door. gangster. It, yeah. So I said, this is what we're going to do. And, and, uh, and I said that we're going to blow this thing up, man. I said, we're going to make, we're going to make, uh, make this a million dollar product. And, um, and we did so with under, in under about two years. Yeah. Well, yeah. I'm going to tell you something, and you can pass this along to Johnny or maybe as he sees this episode. But um, you all could tell that the last uh, probably couple months I've had a new haircut. Yeah. I've got the old undercut. And you had sent me once, you know, we started working together, and I'm coaching you in the businesses. You had sent me a box of the products. Just then I... I I'd gotten sick and I'd gotten bronchitis. And then when, while having bronchitis, I ran a Squire program. So then I got the Corona while having bronchitis. Uh, but what do you know? In four days, I was just fine because... Weird. Uh, yeah, but I'm sure I'm an anomaly. Um, <laughs> so all that to say, the box sat there for a while. And I remember I texted you. Yeah, I'm like, you I'm, yeah, I'm like bro. I'm not feeling... I can't yeah, talk right now. I can't yeah. talk. I'm like yeah. coughing. I, I don't even know what to do with the product right now. And so 
but as I pop open the product and start using it, uh, f- first of all, I love, love the black label shampoo and conditioner. Like, th- if you're going to buy Johnny Slicks, don't be cheap. Just buy go, the black, go, go right go to big. the Omega. <laughs> go right, it's, it's the Omega, right? Or at least got the Omega. If you're 30 and over. Yeah, yeah. If you're 30 yeah. and over, go Omega. Listen, if you're 20, <laughs> be mature and go Omega. Trust me on this. Like, you're not, you're not, yeah. Buy the black label shit. And this guy's kind of delicious. If you guys can just smell my hair right now, you would just be all over me. Uh, be, because it's like this coconutty smell. So anyway, so I use that first. I'm like, you know what? I like this. And as my dude, Alex, comes to cut my hair here, I'm like, hey, man, I just watched Fury. And uh, give me one of those fucking undercuts. You know, I'm feeling sassy, right? Yeah. He's like, are you sure, man? You're going to be up on stage? And I'm like, just cut my fucking hair. It'll grow. I'm Armenian. Hair grows quick. Yeah. Right? And so he, he cuts my hair. And so I get, then I open up the pomade. And... I'm like, damn, it smells good, feels good. And then just whatever was left up from my... Put in your beard? Uh, yeah, put in yeah. my beard. I'm like, all right, we're, we're good. So I was sold on the product immediately. And by the way, the little brown leather thingamajig, mm-hmm. got all my shit in there for when I travel. So I appreciate that as well. <laughs> I don't know if that, maybe you all don't get that when you buy the shit no, or you pay too. extra. That's, I don't know how yeah. it works. Yeah. So anyway, I, like, I'm a believer of the product because yeah. I actually use it and actually got a haircut to justify the use of the pomade. Um, so, so great awesome. product. What was, you know, here's what I love about that product. Just like my supplement company, Trulene. It's a product that is consumable. By consumable, meaning it gets used. You don't mm-hmm. have to tr- drink it, obviously. It gets used, and if it delivers results, you're going to buy it again. Right. Same with supplements, right? What is, like, how did you guys start selling it? How did you create that first bump of income and revenue? So, so like I said, infrastructure comes opportunity, right? Yeah. Well, because we had in-house, because of the other things I was doing, we had in-house uh, fulfillment. Yeah. We had in-house marketing. We had in-house ads. So it was just like, oh, wait a minute. I need a website and I need to be able to ship this stuff. I already have you know, accounts with shipping materials. I already have people to pack it. I already mm-hmm. have you Got know, it. me and my wife. My wife built the, built the website. So we did all the internal marketing and the yeah. videos. And at the time I was doing this 90 day vlog thing. So it was like, I'm just gonna turn the button on. Yeah. It was really that simple on March, on, um, March 7th, uh, 2018, we turned it on. Within the first hour, we made more than his like monthly record yeah within the first hour that's got to feel so good for him oh he was he he still talks about it like if you if you hear him tell the story from his point of view about that time it's it's super inspiring and it's just awesome to watch he's so it's so because he's so animated and he's like sure um he he literally says he was dancing in his kitchen i I told him i said well download the shopify app on your phone and then so that way you can see what comes in you know and anybody that has shopify on their phone it's like cha-ching 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 it's a great addiction so we lot we launched it i put it up on youtube and uh and and that was it we made uh we first year we broke into six figures um second year we uh over quadrupled that and then third year we did i think 2.5 million nothing wrong with that good for you guys so obviously his name is johnny so there's a johnny part of the brand yeah What's did he just come? Was it Johnny Slicks when you when yeah, you became a it was, partner? It, yeah, it was so he had already Slicks. come up with the name. Yeah, he already came up with the right. name. We now we, now that's all protect, very protected and yeah. everything is very yeah, yeah. legal. Legal, and um, he's still formulating it. Like he's like the mad scientist. He is the mad. It up. He is the mad scientist. He is a he is a genius. For our third year anniversary, uh, he came out with Slick Day Cake. So it's a pomade that smells like birthday cake. Of course, and uh, and it smells like like birthday cake icing. Huh. 
and it, it crushed it. We only made it, there's a limited amount, and, uh, and I'm like smelling, I'm like, Johnny, how the hell do you do this? Uh. But he is, he's the mad scientist. He came up with all the formulas, all 100% organic, um, not like fake organic or fake um, natural, whatever you want to call it. It is stuff that you can go out and buy the ingredients and make it in your house if you had the right formula. Yeah. So, and, and the reason I ask this is because like, I, I know what, what your role is in the company and oftentimes people ask, well, hey, Pedro, should I get a business partner? And 98% of the time I'm no. like, do not get a business partner. <laughs> no. Because unless that business partner is going to bring a very unique element that you don't have or can't get, Yeah then don't get a business partner. In right. your guys' case, it's very obvious, like, who no, we're, does what? Yeah, we're, we're, but I would say that, you know, we're an anomaly. Yeah. We're, we're an anomaly, yeah. and, and um, it's, very, it, it's very fun. We've become very much like a family. And there's, don't get me wrong, there's bumps. Oh, there's always going to be there's tension. Al there's yeah. always bumps. Yeah. Um, but the, the greatest thing about that is working through those bumps, yeah. you know, for the common, you know, goal. Yeah. And, yeah, man. So uh, I wouldn't. I'll tell you this: I would partner with him again on a different project. Yeah, that, if that which tells, says a lot. Which says a lot, right? Like if I, if I had an opportunity, I'd be like, Johnny, we're going to do this thing, you know. And it requires him to be his mad scientist or his uh, yeah. his funny self on the on yeah. camera. Then it, then he would be the guy. I love that. And, and so with that, y'all know that one of the big lessons here that I like to teach is creating multiple income streams and creating in income streams that have recurring revenue attached to it. And so uh, with that, Nick. You have a very different type of business on the other side with your partner, Josh. Yes. So Josh and I were on the same team with, in, uh, within Marine Special Operations. Yeah. We're both Raiders together. Um, our last deployment, actually. Um, he, uh, I got out. He stayed in. Unfortunately, uh, suffered a tragic parachuting accident. Mm. His femur came out the back of his leg, Oof. hit turbulence, went up and hit the plane. His leg hit, uh, wrapped up into, if he's listening to this, he's probably like, like squirming. Uh, his leg got caught up in his um, his risers, yeah. and then the parachute opened and snapped Shit. as he was coming out. So it just ripped his femur right out the back of his leg, which ultimately medically I'm retired. Pass out him. right now, bro. Yeah. Like, yeah. I can't go hearing shit like that. So he, uh, funny enough, he went through that transition too. After that, that kind of like identity transition, and and went through the seven stages, and and uh, and we maintained contact, and and uh, and then we started writing training manuals together because people were asking yeah. and you know bandwidth is always an issue right so like if you can't do something you get with somebody that helps with the bandwidth mm -hmm. and there was no other person i trusted more than him and uh, i said all right let's do this together man let's let's write some let's get together let's collaborate so we started writing that um, those things led into writing more training and doing more things and uh ironically enough then we got into coaching so the prior year we called, we, we did something called surviving the cut. Yeah. And it was just like really rudimentary. And you'll probably appreciate this as a former trainer yourself. Like we were doing Excel sheets, Facebook groups, and it was just a nightmare. No tech, yeah. no tech involved yeah. whatsoever. Um, we did a Google sheet and people would log in. You and know, this isn't too long ago. No. Because there was like tech, the technology was there. Was there. Just, we you just guys were going know. caveman style. Yeah, we were just yeah. going caveman yeah. style. We were just yeah. dragging our knuckles across yeah. the, <laughs> across yeah. the, uh, across the con concrete. And, um, and people really liked it. And they liked what we, what we stood for and what we were, what we were imparting in the, in the individuals in the tribe. Now we call yeah. them a tribe that were a part of that. And, uh, and so like, this is, a, this is, hold on, Josh, this is, Something's here. We've we've got mm. a hold of something, and uh, so we launched 
ironically enough, we launched our coaching software um, the same month that COVID hit yeah. and the shutdowns happened. And we made more with almost no overhead that month than the gym made. And now all of a sudden that too is like, holy crap. Yeah. Yep. And that's, that's when, um, yeah, I was like, holy crap. And I was like, this, there's literally just us doing this and, uh, there's no rent or no anything. Profit margins uh, are nuts. Profit margins are nuts. And, and, um, now it's obviously grown, you know, with your help to another level. Um, but, but that was a real big light bulb. And then talking about multiple revenue streams, like, you know, people are like, oh, I had to, you had to do, you got shut down here, you got rid of the business here. And it's yes, but the reason why that it's not a big, it's not a big hit for me is because I had multiple revenue streams. Yeah. So people that say, well, you do too much. Well, no, I don't do too much. I'm hyper-focused now. But if one thing shuts down, I still have two more things happening. Yeah. You know, and there's ways of, you know, either sponsorships or YouTube or, you know, Johnny Slicks or now the Agogi and you know, so it's, I'm protected. My family's protected. Yeah, which is a really good feeling for a dude who wants to have peace of mind yeah. and know that, all right, I'm taking care of my family. We're right. protected. Right. So, you know, the, the whole theme behind the coaching program is agogi. It's the agogi. And most people may not quite know what it means. And uh, with your Greek heritage, yep. there's a meaning there. Why don't there you is. share that? Yeah, so the Agogi was, and uh, the movie 300 made it the most dramatic ever, which I love. Yeah. It's like the, the seven-year-old being ripped from the, from the, from the woman. But the Agogi was the, the Spartan training camp that young men went to, um, and they would train for however long it took, decade if, if so, from seven, eight years old until they became a man um, to become a Spartan citizen soldier. And that's what that was. It was, it was their training camp, and they lived it. And they instilled it. And so that's what we, to, to taking a man and giving him that warrior mentality back, making him the very best version of himself is what the Agogi is about. And so it was, it was a no better fitting name than, than that name. Yeah. No, it, it, obviously it was a very natural. And as soon as I yeah. met you and as soon as you started telling me about it, I'm like, yeah, this is it. And what, what I love about it is, Guys, you have to realize when you're selling stuff, you have to sell people what they want and give them what they need. And yeah. what you guys do with the Agogi training program is exactly that. Because we men, we, we, need, we need structure. We need discipline. We need accountability. accountability. Yeah. But if you went out and said, hey, man, guess what? Uh, two former Marines selling you accountability, discipline, support, right? <laughs> no. They're going to laugh at you. Yeah, these are my pillars. Right, <laughs> yeah, right. right. Instead, you, you sell them the key a thing. A story. A story. Yeah. And, of course, that story leads with, like, hey, it's time to really transform your body. And you guys use that fat loss and fitness and really lead these men into... I guess the core values that you guys yeah. have, the pillars. Yeah, what, are, what are those? And Talk that's the those. reason why. And that's the reason why that we made the first pillar is fitness. Yeah. And fitness comes in. We talked about it there. Fitness comes in multiple ways. Um, it's physical. It's spiritual. It's mental. Mm-hmm. Um, and we found that men, surprisingly enough, and especially in your business, you know this, men operate on a higher capacity, at a higher level when they're physically fit. Mm-hmm. Now. When you get into the medical side of things, there's a lot of reasons why. Hormones are optimized. You're getting a dopamine hit every time you work out. You feel good. If you're not 
if you're not overweight and you're lean and strong, you have more energy, you have more desire, um, your dick's working better. You so know, that was a good thing. You know, you're not depressed. As soon as you start getting overweight and you're sitting on the couch, you're lethargic, you're getting depressed, everything starts to go down. If I get a guy and I'm starting to get, I, I start getting his weight cut off of him and he's going to have more energy, he, within a couple of days, he's, I get messages, man, I'm already feeling better. So like, I looked in the mirror and I think I look better. Like, you don't look better in a couple yeah, days. Yeah, you don't look better, but you're feeling better. But, yeah. but the dopamine's hitting, yeah. so they're, they're starting to accomplish more. And yeah. we've seen people get raises. We've seen people get job promotions. We've seen people have better relationships with their significant other. I mean, their whole lives change just from, just from that, that, that one thing. Yeah. How do we get there? Discipline. People always say, how many times have you heard, I'm just not motivated, B. I'm just not motivated to get All it done. Time. Guess what? Are you motivated to go train every day? Not quite, but I am disciplined to go train every day. Exactly. So, and, I, and one of the things that I say is like, do you think that Olympic athletes go to the Olympics and, and get a medal if they only train when they're motivated? No. They go to the, and they train every day because that's part of their schedule. So how do you do that? Well, we work with them to build a routine that serves them. Um, your man, Craig, wrote the greatest book ever. Um, and like... Uh, just what a great thing and and we kind of take some of those concepts and help them build a routine that serves them yeah and so, and it's not just a way like hey i want you to train all the time and like you're going to take away your family time you're going to go instead of getting off work and going home you're going to go to the gym no it's not that way because now we're not serving them and giving them the desired outcome right. that they need i need them to be the best version of themselves to be the best version of themselves they have to have time with their kids they have to have time with their wife but they also have to take care of themselves yeah. because otherwise what happens men typically put ourselves in the back burner because like well i can't go to the gym all the time because i have to go home and to help my wife with the kids or i have to do this well then what happens when you're 40 something years old and you, you're a type 2 diabetic you got heart disease and you're going to have a stroke and die off did you really serve your family the best Oof. wow because what's the number one killer yeah. in, in the u.s yeah it ain't corona this. nope it's heart disease nope. and obesity. Yep, yep. Preventable. Yeah, preventable. And, and so now, kind of turning our eyes onto your business, how do you move people into your online coaching program? Because it is an online coaching program, mm -hmm. and now it's not just you and Josh. You guys are obviously yeah. as, as we're working together. You're building a team for that as well. Mm -hmm. You're scaling Johnny Slicks. We're scaling the Gogi. Yep. Um, you, you've 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 done you've made a lot of personal transformations in who you are as a business leader. Um, you've also made some transformations in your business in terms of your price point, mm -hmm. the, the terms in which you sell. You know, it was like a monthly program, then it went to three months, and today we kind of changed it to, yeah. it's gonna be a five-month five program months. at yeah. a time. Um, kind of explain the business model, the confidence that comes with it, how you felt confident when I'm like, hey man, we're gonna raise the price, and for the next 20 people after that, you're gonna raise the price again. Like, I know from my end, I'm coaching you, but from your end, as you're getting that coaching, do, do you believe it or do you just go, I'm going to do it and see what happens? Because from the outside, it looks like, well, shit, he made it look easy. <laughs> but there, how do you feel about so, it? So it's so a great question. I think that goes back to the belief structure. You just did a great post about your relationship with money, right? Yeah. I think everybody struggle, struggles with that some at some point, especially coming from somebody that, like yourself, came from nothing. Yeah. Like you literally... Growing up, you had nothing, nothing. Yeah. nothing. Yeah. Same with me. We grew up, we had nothing. Um, so there, there is that relationship. There is, a, there is a belief factor. Like I already had the belief that I could do anything, right? Like I can achieve anything. I think working with a coach 
gave me the extra bump that I needed to, to operate on a little bit of faith based off your experience and go, listen, Nick, if you kind of build it, they will come yeah. kind of mentality. Yeah. And so even though sometimes it was just like, oh, man, this is going to be, yeah. I don't know if this is going to work. I operated off based off faith, off your experience, because I, I was mature enough and emotionally mature enough in business to know that you need outsiders to look in on you and to give you mentorship. And you don't know it all. I don't know it all. Um, you don't know it all, but we know what we do know. And I, that's why I look to you and go, okay, I don't have the experience, so I'm gonna have faith in you and I'm gonna use your experience, so I'm gonna shorten my curve. Yeah. So instead of having 15 failures to get to my success, I wanna have maybe one or two failures and then get there. Not a bad exchange. And that's, and that's what I got out of that. Yeah. Well, I got to tell you, just from my perspective, like to see how you execute and how you and your wife work together and you guys just from coaching call to coaching call or half day uh, sessions like this to where you guys go and execute just blows me away. And I love it. And I just it, it makes me proud. And also, I no longer physically train people like I'm not in the gym training right. people. So I get that sensation from all of our Fit Body Bootcamp owners who, you know, as they get more clients. Um, I feel good about the transformations they deliver. As you get more clients, I'm like, fuck, man. That guy, like the guy you said, who's lost, four, went from 400 pounds? Yeah, he was, to, a, he was, uh, was over 300 pounds. Over 300 pounds. Over 300 pounds, paramedic, and became, um, he started to feel like more he was a liability. Yeah. Had a bad call, we had to run up some stairs, didn't perform well, and that was his kind of trigger to get signed up with us. Yeah. Um, his goal, I, when I got on the call, I said, what you, like, first of all, I said, you're gonna die. Let's be real. Great like, closing strategy. Yeah, really. you're gonna die if you don't sign up with us. And that's legitimate. Like, yeah, you're gonna, yeah. he's, he's in his 20s. Like, you're gonna, you're gonna die of heart disease and obesity and stroke out or whatever, something's gonna happen. And uh, so let's get that aside. Let's get that out of the way that we all both agree that, that yeah. you're not in a good was spot. Was he quick to agree? I didn't, oh, I've never absolutely, had, absolutely. Was, yeah, he was like, yeah, this yeah. is something well, I guess being give. a paramedic, yeah, I mean, it's, not, it's no surprise. Yeah, to him. he knows. So, and I said, what's your goal? He's like, I want to be a flight medic. Okay, well, tell me about that. Well, you have to be under 250 pounds. Okay, well, let's work to that. Right now, he is 255 pounds. Good for He's him. He's almost there. He already got the job as a flight medic on a on a fixed wing. Yeah. So he's already transitioned. He's going through training right now. Um, so we've got to lose a little bit more pounds and he's going to be on helicopter. Good for him. So and, and, and that's... That's just like, I love... Like, right? As the I'm, money's great. But so that's as I'm, Yeah, as I'm cycling clients off to other coaches, he's one of the ones that I'll be keeping. That you'll be keeping, yeah, which, I, which I have, makes sense. I have to keep him, yeah. And, and as, as I get to talk to you and then meet with you like this and I hear his story and just other stories like that, I'm like, damn. I still feel I'm involved with right. transforming lives because that's really why I started. I was a personal trainer in the gym at 4.30 in the morning training my my first client who was like an LAPD uh, homicide detective who was just bitter and angry at, at the world. Now, I understand why. <laughs> that's that's why I got it. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. And she was like, I hate being here. I hate working. With I'm like, shit, man. You think I like being here at 4.30 in the morning having you pissed off at me, right? Anyways, but but I still love that. So, so thank mm -hmm. you for what you do there on that front. Um, one, one thing, and I think our audience will get a, a good takeaway from this. Stephen King, he wrote a book about how to write books because he's an amazing author. And I read this book when I was writing Man Up, my book, because I'm like, fuck, I don't know how to write a book. Let me read 
a book from Stephen King. I didn't know there was a book that I wish I yeah. knew that when I wrote mine. Yeah. <laughs> and in the book, he talks about killing your darlings, meaning mm -hmm. if there's words, sentences, or paragraphs that don't add value to the reader just because you like it, because it was part of your life, like kill them, get rid of it if, if it'll make the story shorter and better. And I was like, oh, damn. And my book really shrank by about like 14,000 words. Um, and, and, and so as we started coaching together, I, I was like, dude, um, you've got several income streams. You've got your book, your speaking events, the, the speaking that you do, like your personal brand, basically. Mm -hmm. You got the Agogi training, and then you've got Johnny Slicks. And we temporarily killed one of the darlings. Yeah. Right? And we've been working together almost a year now, not quite a year, right? Has it been a year? Six months. Six months. Yeah. Okay. Six months. And today was our, our, our second half day meeting. Yeah. Um, and as you are scaling and automating both the Agogi and Johnny Slicks, you asked a question at the end of our half day, which I thought was really, first of all, it was so awesome to be able to tell you like, hey man, we're going to have to kill the personal brand for now. And you were like, aye, aye, check, let's do it. And you did. Again, I guess now that I know it comes from having that faith. So yeah. thank you for having faith in me. But guys and gals, you have to realize sometimes you have to kill a darling temporarily to focus on the other two opportunities that you might have, mm -hmm. which you did. And then here we are six months later as you automated and, and, and really start to delegate a lot of work and the businesses are growing even faster. You're like, hey, man, so about the personal brand. And I'm like, you know what, dude? Great idea. Let's get the book out there and here's a funnel for it. And it, it's so neat to be able to coach someone, again, from my perspective where when I was like, hey, dude, kill this. And you're like, check. And then now you're like, hey, so about that personal brand, uh, what do you say I bring it back? <laughs> well, you say check, but internally I was like. Yeah, I don't know what was going on, <laughs> yeah. so maybe you should tell me. Yeah. Internally I was like, fuck. I paid money for this? Oh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it, it, it stung a little bit. It, it stung a lot. Yeah. But again, I, I, I understood, based off of my experience, I knew I was like, okay, it's bandwidth. Yeah, it's bandwidth and I need to focus on growing these two things right now and all my focus needs to be on these two yeah. things um, for now and and it and it took I mean we're still getting there on some things but I mean it took a good six months of of grinding and, and putting the systems in place and the right yeah. people in place to make those where they're at today yeah and and the irony that you know today we talked about how we're gonna get your book yep to be used as this massive lead magnet both for a gogi mm -hmm. for speaking gigs, and of course you're going to be able to even sell Johnny Slick's product to him. Right. Right. So how neat that it comes full circle. But it goes back to again sometimes having to kill your darlings to be able to focus on having a singularity of focus, and then coming back to that thing again and doing it right. Yeah. Um, some 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 big takeaways. What should I have maybe asked you that I haven't asked you that our audience would benefit from? And whether it's mindset, whether it's business. Uh, you know, all I know is from what I, my lens, I want to hear from your lens. I mean, I, when you say kill your darlings, I think there's some statements that we, that people need to kill. Mm. Um, Tell us. Yeah. And, and one of the, one of the biggest ones is I can't, or, um, I don't believe. And those two things, if you can kill those two things that I think, and there's something that you've worked with me on as well, per, on, on a personal level. Um, to kill those things that got me to where I'm at. Like, don't get me wrong, like, we were working and we were making money, but I was also struggling personally. Like, I didn't have any time, Yeah. you know? And by killing some of these darlings and then killing some of the, the, the thought process and the certain belief systems that I had with regards to money or time or anything like that, or even my own personal success, mm -hmm. 
those things gave me the, the freedom to start living a life instead of just working all the time. Yeah. Which my, which my wife greatly appreciates as well. You're yeah. welcome, Allie. Yeah. But, 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 but truly, that's what it is, right? Like, our business shouldn't be our identity. Our business should be what fuels our freedom, which fuels our lifestyle, which fuels our fulfillment mm -hmm. of being able to give to charities, yeah. causes that you believe in, et cetera. So and the more, structured you, the more structured we've got, the more actually what's crazy is the less I work, but the more that I'm able to actually affect and change lives. Yeah. I love that. What a great place to end. So if our viewers and listeners want to find you, connect with you, learn more about you, where do they go? Um, Google N-I-C-K-K-O-U-M. That's all you need. N-I-C-K-K-O-U-M. And I start to pop up. And then I'm, I'm active on Instagram, yeah. YouTube, Facebook the most. Perfect. Talk a little shit on Twitter. That's where you go. Wait, you're most active on Facebook? Um, and Instagram. And Instagram. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know you're active on Instagram. Awesome. Guys and gals, so this is a very in-depth episode, and I know we typically go like 35, 40 minutes, but we went well over an hour because I believe the content is just worthwhile and you needed to hear this. So do me a favor, follow Nick, get his book, and of course, uh, as always, take a screenshot of this episode, tag Nick, tag myself, share it on social media, and as always, don't forget to tell your mama. We'll see you later.